You're listening to Welcome to the end of another season of the Korean Drama Podcast. I'm producer Marvin making my second appearance for this season to bring this episode to a close. Joining me are our three heroic hosts who have survived another season of Korean Drama. Steve, Kathy, Kim, how y'all feeling? Please, please, everyone hold your applause. Hold your applause. (laughs) We did what we had to do. Um, oh yeah, we were doing our civic duty. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, do you guys do you guys hear that? It's the sounds of pots and pans being rung out windows <laughs> of apartments. Yes, it's eight p.m. to commemorate <laughs> our service. It was never about anyone else. Thank you us. so much, Korean drama thank podcast host. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, thank you. Yeah. So we are here for our end of season wrap up. Um, now that ET1 class has officially ended, and I guess let's just get For started. How did you all find this season? What a departure from season two's show. How did it feel to watch a, I guess, a modern Korean drama as opposed to one that was like decades old? I'm going to let Kathy and Kim go first because this is your guys' first taste of something more contemporary and modern, right? Yeah, I mean, I would say it's freaking way better uh just like you know obviously we still had uh uh, a lot of issues with some of the relationships on the show and i think there's some cultural differences here um but compared to secret garden there it it, it did feel much more modern even though there was there there's all there's always going to be criticisms and for me personally Mm -hmm. there's always going to be a criticism (laughs) oh my god find something to pick apart but i mean looking back on secret garden gosh that was that was so rough and like their relationship and like the stalking and uh, like the the like manhandling and stuff was like so horrible so definitely uh definitely more more modern in that way yeah I just I got to say, so like to me, an American show is very much like Splash Mountain. You know, you know, (laughs) you know, the drop is coming. You know where to Mm. expect it. Mm. It sure is scary, but you know, it's coming. And then like a Korean drama feels very much like Pirates of the Caribbean, where you think Mm. it's just kind of like you're watching animatronics and then suddenly, (laughs) whoa, there's a drop. You didn't know that was coming. Oh. And they dropped us a lot of times. Yeah, several times. A lot of times. I thought and, you were going to say it was like Space in Mountain. <laughs> in different ways. What? In Space Mountain? Because in Space Mountain, you don't really see where the twists and turns are going. That's true. It's dark. Oh, yeah. It's pitch black. You're like, what the hell is happening? That's true. The thing about Pirates of the Caribbean, though, is it lulls you in a sense of like, oh, I, mm. I know what this is. I get it. And then whoosh, you're, you're at the bottom. You're right. Gosh, I haven't been on Pirates of the Caribbean in so long. There's a creepy um, Jack Sparrow now in the ride. It's pretty. I don't love that. <laughs> they added that? <laughs> yeah. Huh. You gotta. <laughs> when you got a franchise like that. Gosh. Steve, what are your thoughts as the um, K-drama connoisseur? Oh, uh, yes, yes, yes. I watch K-dramas because there's a part of me that feels like... um. 
I have to because、mm-hmm. I, I, I want to get closer to my Koreanness somehow, even though it's weird because it's clearly a fantasy. It's, it's something that's made up.、Um, but there's a, there's a sense of kind of like feeling like, oh, yeah, like in a vague, weird, abstract way, kind of reconnecting with, uh, with uh, my friends and family in Korea, that kind of thing.、Um, And there's something kind of comforting about it. To me, it's kind of like comfort food,、uh, even though it's not always good for you, let's say. Sometimes <laughs>、mm-hmm. a little bit of extra sodium,、mm-hmm. cheese, perhaps. I don't know.、Um, but I, I, en- I enjoyed it.、Um, I enjoyed it for the most part. It, it still ended up being a, a Korean drama in the end、uh, with some of its typical disappointments. Well,、um, let's talk about that. Now that you guys are one week removed from watching the finale and have had the time to maybe think about Itaewon class, how did everything shake out for you? Were you satisfied with the conclusion of the revenge story? I, I, I was not satisfied. So, okay, as we know, Itaewon class is based on a webtoon or like a Korean story. I really thought you were going to say Itaewon class is based on a real story. And I was like, what? <laughs> we were told real, so many times it was not a real life webtoon. And I looked it up. I, so, in this past week, I looked it up and I read as much as I could before the paywall hit.、Um, mm. And then I actually tried to pay for it because I was willing to do that. But then to get the Korean version, you need to have the damn national citizen ID number, which I don't have. So, you can't buy anything. I don't, I don't understand how to work around that.、Um, mm. If you do, please holla at Steve. At Steve. At、um, Steve. <laughs> So、It's I, like when you listen to Big Boy and they're like, Big Boy. Big Boy <laughs> in the morning. I will say that the, the beginning parts really captures a very,、mm, to the T almost, everything that happens in the webtoon that the show does.、Mm. They're, they're almost identical mirror images,、mm-hmm. except the show actually even does a better job of kind of fleshing in the details and characterizations and stuff like that. The comic, the webtoon spends less time on that, I realized. And, and from what I heard online or what I saw, it seems like the webtoon does、uh, tell a more, more, I guess, flowing story than, than what we saw、mm. uh, on, on Netflix.、Mm. Um, just the ending of this Netflix one felt very strange to me. And I was like, something happened in behind the scenes in the writer's、yeah. room or production or something. And so I think. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't read the, the full comic myself, the webtoon, but、uh, just from users' comments online, I did note that、mm. um, people really love the webtoon a lot more than the show. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. I'll, che- maybe I'll check out the webtoon because I, I do agree with you, Steve. I found that the ending felt bad. <laughs> it, felt,、uh, it, it, didn't, it didn't feel like.、Uh, it, it felt, to me, it felt too much like. The writing was trying to trick us. Like they were trying to、uh, subvert our expectations, like by putting、uh, Esau and Roy together in the end, like stuff like that. Like, and so in that way, I'm like, I don't love it. Like, you know. Which, it, by the way, Esau in the webtoon、uh, is kind of a different character. Oh. She,、yeah. She's a lot less of like,、uh, they portray her less like a child and more like a kind of like a. Uh, a re- rebellious,、um, kind of independent woman rather than、mm. like a needy kind of portrayal that the, the, the show 
seem to kind of put on the character. Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, I almost wish that when Roy, if we had to have Roy do that like crazy unexpected turn where he's like, oh, actually, this whole time I've liked Esau, which is like, really? I don't know. Yeah. I wish that like once he told Esau that he liked her, she was like, oh, well, then this isn't fun anymore for me. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was only yeah. fun when we, you were I was chasing you. Now it's not fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think like the, that for me, the most unbelievable part about all of this is that so little had changed in these people's lives over such a long period of time. Not a one <laughs> of them left. Uh, not a one of them left their job. Not a one of them like uh, it doesn't seem like any of them had a relationship outside of the person that they like zoned in on within their first like, you know, within the first 30 minutes of the first episode. So I really didn't love love that show a little bit of you know they, they're gonna do some different stuff in their lives that's okay well i mean as a producer it really seemed like the three of you had your like chips on the other ship that didn't sail yeah i gotta Which say I I, i'm taking personally <laughs> <laughs> i went back and forth like i i liked you saw for some of it and that it was just like the age difference was the thing that was so creepy like that they made her a high schooler was so weird. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Another difference actually um in the webtoon is that Sua seems to actually more directly backstab Roy and report him to the to the cops to get him in jail. Mm. So uh, the the nuances are slightly different in the webtoon versus the show, right? So you're um, saying in the webtoon there are more bastards than in the show. Yeah, I guess. Um Sua's a lot more selfish, it seems like. Uh, it's not as ambiguous or vague. They made her more sympathetic in the show, I think. Yeah. I think and she, that... isn't, and she, she isn't an orphan. They made her an orphan out of nowhere in the show. But mm. in the webtoon, she's not an orphan. Wild. But I do, I do like that they seem to have more of a conscious mind about, you know, for example, Tony's character. I was, I was always looking forward to what would Tony say or do next, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and, and I really... Can't remember another time when a foreigner would be uh, as, as a kind of a supporting character in a Korean drama, except for like the random co-star lines of like some white person CEO who has like one line and is like just kind of like a prop. Mm. Whereas Tony, um, not a central character so much, but still has more of a significant role that the main characters actually care about, you know, on some level. That was a that was an improvement, I think. Yeah. yeah. All right. This is for Kathy and Kim. Seeing this has been a central talking point almost every single episode. <laughs> How has your relationship to bowl cuts evolved since the, watching this series? Has not. Has not, not at all. Zero. No. Zero percent. If anything, uh, uh, less le- have a stronger opinion in the negative towards what? the bowl cut. Yes. <laughs> Why? Well, before I was like pretty like didn't care about them because you only see bull cuts on children. And in that case, it's like, you know, the parent or the guardian, the adult in that person's life, you know, has to do what they have to do in order to maintain hair on a child, you know, not my place. Uh, And I think it's cute on kids. And I have so rarely seen an adult person with a bull cut that I I felt so strongly about because I was like, I don't care. Maybe maybe it's because I'm channeling my inner Roy even before I knew about Roy. And I was like, that's their life. Like they're just do, they're just living their life. Um, but now 
I mean, it's just, it's, it's no good. It's no good. And I thought that, that I thought that in Parasite, I thought that Wuxi's hair was no good. And then when I saw it in this, I was like, God damn it. God damn it. Damn it. Where'd this hair come from? Yeah, it's just not a good look for an adult man um, and would really advise against it to anyone who's considering it. It's just so flat. And maybe 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 I think that because once my Korean hairstylist told me that my own hair was flat. So I'm very like attuned to when mm-hmm. I notice flat hair in others. And I just he kept smoothing it down all the time. And, and yeah. I was like, that's wrong. Yeah. A Korean person told me that that's wrong. But we have to acknowledge mm. bowl cuts gets you Marvel movies. Okay, but here's the thing, does it? Because <laughs> what what sorry, what is the actor's name? Yeah, Park this Sojun. this Park was Sojun. breaking news this week. Um Park Sojun, um uh, the man who played um Seiroi, Mr. Roy Bowcut himself is cast. He's going to be joining Brie Larson in the Marvels, which is the next Captain Marvel movie coming out. In Wait, did they confirm 2022. it? 2022. Did they confirm it? I think so. Oh, shit. I mean, I, yes, I, I would like to take credit that I broke this to the group um, mm-hmm. off of an Instagram that I saw and, and read absolutely none of the post. I was just like, look, everybody, it's Roy, because I was scrolling <laughs> through my feed and I was like, I would recognize that goddamn bull cut anywhere. That could only be Roy. And it was. Just embrace it, Kim. Just embrace it. No. No. And you know what, Steve? He doesn't even embrace it because that's not like it's not like he was like, it's not like after the show. He's like, you know what? This is a good haircut. So I'm going to keep it. He went back to whatever haircut he has in real life. So. A very nice, like, flattering styled haircut, I have yeah. to say. Yeah. He does look very unrecognizable from haircut to haircut. You know, I'm looking at Snopes right now. It's still a, it's still a rumor. It's highly, mm. I, I think it's, um, it says reportedly cast. So no hard confirmation yet. But. Okay. If, you, if anybody knows, likely. if anybody's friends with him or Brie Larson, at Steve mm-hmm. to let us know when <laughs> it's confirmed. Steve. Yeah. I will say, as a producer and listener, it was fun to hear your exasperation for bowl cuts rise as the number of people with bowl cuts increased in the show towards the end. <sighs> Madness. It's just a, a, a tragedy. The true drama of this Korean drama. And again, I'm taking it personally. Mm-hmm. It is an affront. And look, usually do not care what you wear. Do not care what... You know, what you do with your body, it's all up to you. I don't care. This is offensive to me. Wow. It's the lack of styling that goes Mm -hmm. into it that I think I dislike the most. Because as we talked about, we talk about this in another episode where because we're talking about um, Gunwan and how when he was in prison, he ended up with a bull. Well, he always had a bull cut, but you didn't really notice it so much. And then when he went to prison, he didn't have any hair products. And so then it was like real mushroomy. And then when he got out of prison, he still had the bowl cut, but it was more styled. He had like put a little bit of pomade, a little bit of texture spray in there, got a little bit of movement going on. And I think that that's my problem with Roy's is that it's so set it and forget it, which also I will say I do absolutely nothing to style my own hair. So this is like entirely hypocritical of me personally. Um, But Roy 
So, so Kim, you understand how how um, just freeing it can be to just not have to put product in your hair. Yeah, make but it feel a certain way, get your hands all gunky. I, I mean, I do get it, but also it's like we talked about this before as well. And Steve, you admitted to this that if you have a, a haircut that precise, you have to be at the barbershop a lot. That's true. To keep, that was to a very high, that haircut. high Whereas, maintenance like, bowl cut. I don't do anything with my hair, but I also don't cut it that much. Much to the chagrin, I am sure, of uh, my Korean hairstylist, um, who I'm sure listens to this podcast. Um, but, you know, so it's like it's that it's that it's that combination that is confusing to me. I would like to see in a Korean drama the evolution of one's hairstyle, like letting it go, letting it go shaggy sometimes, mm-hmm. letting it have a fresh hair. That would be more reflective of real life, wouldn't it? It would, have a, yes. it would add a layer of realism to the drama, I think. And I will say that I think that we got like hairstyle variants out of Oscar and out of Blazers in mm. Secret Garden because Blazers, <laughs> she right. always had a different hairstyle. Mm-hmm. And Oscar also, like, sometimes it was more curly, sometimes it was more wavy. So, like, we have seen that. Yeah, it depends on how recently he got it permed. There you go. Yep. I mean, cut. in the fiction, though, having that bowl cut did not stop Seroi from being the object of affection from multiple ladies. So. And uh, just just wild. So wild to <laughs> and me. And just like, why? Because he's rich now. I guess. But it's like, again, you cannot change. Like, I, I need to tell girls that you can't change men if that's uh, if you're look if you're seeking men, you can't change them. You know, you can't change a man's hairstyle. You can't change a man's heart. That's right. So. If let's say your significant other came home with a bowl cut one day, would you just let them, you know, fulfill their destiny or would you try to change them? I think that's that's the moment where you bow out. <laughs> Damn. Shit. Damn. So, I mean, I would such... have I would have a lot of questions because my partner is bald. So if he had a bowl <laughs> cut, then uh, we would have we would be having a larger conversation. Yeah, that like, means ha- you know that means he went out specifically to get hair plugs in the shape of yeah. a bowl cut. And so then we would you know there would be a larger conversation there. But I would definitely try to dissuade him away from the bowl cut. But bringing it back to a uh, uh, Puck Sojin's possible Marvel character role, mm-hmm. I hope his superpower is just. Putting down um, 15 year plans for everybody. Mm. <laughs> and, then we, and then we jump in time seven years, three years later. Oh, maybe eight that, years later. Maybe that's his maybe that's his superpower is that he can jump, he can jump in time, like big jumps mm. in time. Like as long as you have a plan, <laughs> then he can yeah. jump into your plan and, yeah. and fast forward. Well, I know I what his that. superpower isn't. It's not making a bowl cut look good. <laughs> his there you go. His kryptonite would be like a hairstylist. Yeah, like yeah. A, a hairstylist in one of those like restaurant metal bowls. You know, like those big mixing metal bowls. <laughs> yeah, or like a military drill sergeant with just a pair of clippers trying yeah. to shave his head. <laughs> yeah. All right, we have to settle this because I don't think we ever settled it during the run of the season. But you have to crown a hottie. We have to crown one before. Before we close out season three, so mm-hmm, now's mm-hmm. the time to uh, mm-hmm. now's the time to make your make your pitch on who mm-hmm. deserves the hottie award. Yeah, I didn't unfortunately have time to send it out to my two hundred Instagram followers um, for them to vote, 
And uh, for me to message you 50 times about it. I mean, maybe one day in the future I'll get to it, but uh, the people have not spoken on this, so I guess we have to decide amongst ourselves. The, don't worry, people. We will speak for you. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I gotta say, I think it's Ho Jin. Yeah, you were always Ho Jin from day one. I yeah. am. Yeah. He He does make the biggest kind of comeback from his high school days yeah being bullied to like he leveled up multiple levels got some nice looking suits you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah i can see you guys aren't convinced I- i'm mulling it over I-, I mean obviously my heart goes to the bowl cut <laughs> um but to just play your game of you know according to your definition of hottie mm-hmm. Mm. I mean, to me, what stands out is kind of like as they progress throughout the years, they have to signify signify it through external changes in their wardrobe and hair, right? So, uh, I feel like we saw, for example, like Tony coming in as like this like mm. bummy looking like just like college kid or whatever, and then later on, he's all snazzed out in like this fancy trench coat everybody's wearing trench for some reason everybody's wearing kind of like the same kind of stuff it's a brand of content for trench coats Mm -hmm. big trench coat hashtag all sorts hashtag spawn yeah um but hojin does have that double-breasted suit that i don't i don't think i saw anyone else wear hmm it's tough no one no one was taking off their shirt in this in this one except for Kun Kunwan, in prison. I don't think. Am, he I, even... am I? Am I making that up? Yeah, Was I he... think so. I, I just I think that's wishful <laughs> thinking. I just fantasized yeah. him doing push-ups topless in prison. I think Did he I had a shirt up? on. I'm pretty yeah, sure he, he was wearing his like prison outfit. Are you sure? I'm. Man, hmm. I'm. I'm pretty sure. Maybe I just made this up in my own head. I mean, it's <laughs> what we want. We all want, and I will speak for the people saying that we want that. So. Yeah, yeah. Physical specimen wise, not so much uh, in detail in class. It wasn't that kind of a show. It's more of kind of like uh, a mental, emotional hottie award, perhaps. Ooh, if we if we're crowning an emotional hottie, now that's interesting. Mm, okay, okay. I because before we move on to emotional hottie, I will say that my vote for hottie. Is the original hottie for Secret Garden because he's oh. just—he's so, so hot that he has transcended <laughs> seasons. Okay, I can't. I just like simply like on on the basis of objectification alone, I cannot mm-hmm. give it to anyone in this show. You know what? I I love that you're thinking outside the box, and I will jump on that bandwagon as well. I will go. I for mean, that. you know, it, it was just—it's just—it's not even fair because if you look at the Korean script, his character name is. Hoti. It just says Hoti. Mm. <laughs> As it should Korean, be. It's Hoti. 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 Oh. All right. So, <laughs> so I guess, um, I guess we can just say in the battle between hotties from season two and highs from season three, season two definitely takes it in this one. One hottie, yeah. one hottie to rule them all. Yeah. And, and that then season I had Oscar. Can you yeah, imagine? Yeah, I was going to say, I would put, I would put second hottie as Oscar. <laughs> He would be second hottie. He's the runner-up hottie. So if anything, God forbid, happens to right. hottie, then second hottie, second first runner-up, Oscar. If hottie will... cannot 
fulfill his haughty duties. Yeah. If he gets a bull cut, it's oh. Oscar. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bull cut, automatic Ooh, DQ. I mm-hmm. would love to see Oscar in a bull cut. Oh, man. And you know what? God damn it. I bet he would rock it. If anyone could, it's Oscar. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Yeah, he probably would. You'd popularize it, and then you'd be surrounded by bowl cuts whenever you go to Korea. No. All right. Uh, next question for y'all. Uh, who do you think is the series MVP? Oh, MVP. Okay. <sighs> I, can I do a double? Because I feel like the Hyunyi um, Sungguan combo yes. was like much needed. Levity yeah. in some situations, mm-hmm. uh, humanity in others. I really think they like pulled the yeah. series together. They gave it like a, a a different kind of feeling and soul to it. I think. Yeah, yeah. I love that answer too. I th- I definitely think Hyunyi is the is is the MVP because also like just in terms of like personal growth we see so much personal growth from her in her life Mm. in her career because recall she almost got fired because she couldn't cook because apparently she got hired to be a cook without knowing how to cook at all (laughs) and then she became the best chef in korea so that's pretty big and she you know came out as transgender and she has mad style you know and she keeps people in their place. Like she was like constantly like checking everybody else at being like, you know. She it was, she was the voice of reason oftentimes. Yeah. She's a diamond. She mm-hmm. is a diamond. Sungwon's also a diamond. Sungwon's like I a, like Sungwon too. A diamond that like still needs to like have a little bit of pressure on him cuz he had some moments where I was like, <laughs> I don't know, Sungwon go read a book or something. I don't know. Yeah. There were some moments where it was like, Sungwon read a book and then at some moments that I was like, like when, when like in the 10 years later scenario when he's like still texting Gunsu, yeah. even though like Gunsu had deeply wronged Hyunyi, like I was like, uh, that's not good friend behavior. Like yeah. th- that's not tight to like stay friends with Gunsu after he outed Hyunyi. For right, to so a- for absolutely no reason, like so. Someone is cubic zirconia. All right, <laughs> that's more fitting. But I, I do, I do have hope for for someone. Yes, yes, definitely. Mm, he's a diamond in the club. I bet though. I mean, a diamond in the club for <laughs> sure. Just <laughs> dazzling everyone with his dance moves. Oh, he's he's doing something with his dance moves. He really is doing something. <laughs> I would say a close runner-up would probably be the big bad himself because you can't have this series without a a real good villain with mm. impeccable eating acting skills. Ooh, oh my god, yeah. such good! E- I mean, acting award, acting award <laughs> goes to that actor that played mm-hmm. Jung Dae Hee for sure. Yes. Like this man should be winning acting awards. You know, he his- was like in Seoul doing theater not even like worried about film and TV. And the director was like, please, uh, you have to do this. And he's like, I don't know. And the director's like, please, please, please. And he's like, all right, I'll try it out. And then he knocked it out of the park. Oh my God. Is that what happened? No, I don't know. I'm making it up. (laughs) He's so talented. He's so talented. Marvel, if you guys are watching Ito One Class and you're scouting, why you take Roy? I mean, I thought that Roy was also a great actor, that uh, Pak Sojin, but 
I mean, the acting that came out of the actor that I don't know what his name is. I, I must look it up out of respect for him. But yeah. he was so good. His eating acting. Oh, my IMDb app needs to be updated. Taking that personally as well. Um, his eating acting was phenomenal. His dying acting was phenomenal. His being angry acting, mm. like contained and angry acting was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know that you, you know, like at a certain point in the early aughts, like Sweden was the place to be for pop music. Like everyone went to Sweden to like get their pop musics written like uh, Miley did. Anyway, it, it's a thing. Trust me. <laughs> I feel like now in the 2020s, the place to get good actors is Korea. Like <laughs> they are turning out mm. some like quality actors. Mm. And, you know, uh, uh, on that end, if you're a casting director or producer or director or work in film and television listening to this, you can come to me for some like off brand uh, Korean acting, you know? Yeah. I, I don't have the official training, but I got it in my blood, probably. Mm. Kim hosts a Korean drama podcast. She has the necessary knowledge. I mean, yeah. you know, I, wa- I did a master class by watching Ethan One class and I saw... <laughs> Hang on, Yu Jae-myung, that's his yeah, name. Yeah, Yu Jae-myung. Can you believe he's he was nominated as a best supporting actor for Itaewon Class? Oh, he was. But he wasn't awarded the win. <gasps> well, you know it's all politics. Oh Probably my god! The Korean, well, who, I mean, I would guess the Korean version of Emily in Paris won. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's it's all political. This guy has a lot, yeah, a, a lot, a lot of credits. So I will be him. watching. I will be watching everything that he's in. I think he's oh, so wow. talented. <laughs> Truly is. Yu Jae-myung. Yep. Yu Jae-myung. All right. As we wrap up this season of the Korean Drama Podcast, any last reflections or thoughts on the season? I will say that um, as a Korean dude who grew up in the States for the most part, uh, when I was a kid, it's like, and it, you know, at this point, probably everyone's heard this kind of story too, where it's like, as a Korean, you, no one knows what Korea is or where it is or what it means to be Korean. Everyone thinks that you're either Chinese or Japanese. And then fast forward to 2020, uh, everyone's watching Itaewon class. Everyone's screaming their heads off for BTS and going to McDonald's. And you see like Korean, like hunger printed on like the, the, the nugget sauce. And I'm like, what parallel dimension have I stepped into? It's very strange. Um, it feels kind of like gratifying in a sense. It's like, yeah, like my, my people, my parents' people, my heritage, like we, we're worthy, you know? Um, but then the flip side of it is now kind of like, I've seen glimps, glimpses of this at uh, things like KCON which you know, happens in LA Convention Center every year, every summer. Um, and it's this convention for Korean stuff, like movies, music, dramas, whatnot, food even, culture. What, it's, it's very bizarre. It's a very bizarre hodgepodge of just Korea just trying to sell the shit out of itself and, and everyone eating it up. And it's like, it's not just Asians or Koreans. It's like, it's a very truly diverse mix. And so there's that nice kind of thing going on there. And then the other flip side of it is, and I guess this is, this is inevitable, but um, for the first time, it's kind of like, you. F- I feel a little bit 
in a strange way fetishized. It's mm. like, oh, you're Korean. Ooh, like, and and like, uh, it, it's just a very bizarre thing. Like, I'll have dudes hit me up and be like, hey, oh, I love Korean girls. <laughs> Can you introduce me to a Ew. Korean girl? Ew. Uh, Ew. 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 What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just like, oh, I've been watching like Blackpink and like, and they oh, think ew. that like oh, what all, all Koreans like look like these K-pop stars. It's very strange. It's very like, huh? So now like I, there's a weird uh, thing that I'm wrestling with about the popularity of Korean dramas and and how popular Korea <laughs> is right now. It's very strange, but I mean, definitely curious to see where it goes. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that this is part of uh, a, a much larger conversation that we'll get into in depth on the uh, Korean Korean American culture podcast, um, <laughs> yeah. uh, which is one of our spinoffs. Um, but yeah, I, I it, it is very interesting. And I was having a conversation about this recently as well, about how the rise of popularity in American pop culture or Western pop culture of like Korean, uh, like, Korean dramas, Korean K-beauty, like K-pop, like Korean stuff in general, um, how that is uh, both really cool to see and then also uh, can, like with the guys approaching you, Steve, can also be problematic in its own way. And um, my hope is that uh, people's interest in Korean culture uh, will, uh, like people's interest in Korean culture and then people's like, interest in like crazy rich Asians, like non non Asian people being interested in these things, non Korean people being interested in these things will hopefully eventually open us up to a larger conversation where people can under, understand more of like the nuances of what the Asian American experiences, the Asian experiences, the Korean experiences, the Korean American experiences, and how varied all of those are, how varied all all the three of us, how varied our experiences are and how different our experiences are from the those of the the stars of this Korean drama for example um and Actually, so maybe Kathy as a as a someone with Japanese heritage because Japan was the thing in like the 90s mm-hmm. or, or late 80s I right? mean still like, is like so popular is, for sure uh, but definitely there was a heyday uh back then right it's like it's all about sushi and like whatever but then uh, maybe maybe you have uh, some insight about, you know, how that's evolved for you. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think at Japan's heyday, at least economically, like I don't think it was uh, great for a lot of Japanese Americans just because like people were very mad at Japan for um, being like an economic powerhouse. Um, uh, but also I was a child, so I didn't. I didn't really like clock a lot of that, you know. Um, and you didn't have thoughts about critical race theory when you were eight years old. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, was still, I, I was still forming it. You know, I, I was a little late. <laughs> uh, you know, I was, just, I was still figuring out uh, what was going on. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's a double-edged sword, as everything always is. You know, um, consumption does not equal appreciation. Uh, so you just have to hope that as our world diversifies and expands, um, so do, does the minds of everyone around us. Yeah, that's a, that's a nice, uh, phrase. Consumption does not equal appreciation. Cause I've definitely met 
a lot of people, men and women, who consume the product, like Korean stuff. But then I feel there's a part of me that's kind of like feeling icky that they're reducing Korean culture and people and things like that to like these certain little archetypes or gags that they see on like YouTube. And I'm like, oh, well, we're a little bit more than that. And this is not exactly that. But uh, I guess you get your foot in the door and then figure it out later. Yeah, I mean, I think that this is like, uh, again, part of this larger conversation that uh, I I have been hearing about and have been part of. uh, And I'm sure we all have been part of for the past couple of years as like, the with the like i'm putting this in air quotes like the rise of asian hollywood kind mm-hmm. of a thing um is like the distinction between the asian experience and the asian american experience or the asian canadian experience you know or 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 whatever have you you know that there that there's so much of our culture that it is exciting to be able to um uh, enjoy it more openly and with people of other cultures enjoying that as well and uh then at the same time, yeah, recognizing that like visibility for Asian people is not the same as visibility for Asian American people. And like our experiences are different and like my experience is different from your experience and like all of that, you know. So, um, yeah. I-, I will say that I do, no matter how disappointing the endings or some of the plot twists or things like that in the story might be in K-dramas, I... I do just like enjoy seeing Korean people or just Asian people in general just being themselves mm-hmm. rather than the Korean roles we see in American productions are still very tropey. They're very kind of just reduced to being like the object of something that's still different and not normal. Yeah. You know what I mean? I also yeah yeah we're we're not at that point yet I don't think to piggyback it's just so nice to see um a a full cast of Asian people in a story that's not specifically about them being Asian yes mm-hmm. yes that's and I, that's what I I think yeah, that's what's so you. cool about Korean dramas is that because it is unfortunately a very homogenous country then they have the space to do that because if every story is starring Korean people then they can't just make it about being Asian because for them, they're just like Roy says, they're just living their lives. Mm. Whereas like in the United States, oftentimes we are expected as actors, writers, storytellers, et cetera, to, to, to be a representative of the culture. And we see that too, like Steve, you were saying um, with like people expecting that we will be representatives of what it means to be Korean or what it means to be Japanese or what it means to be Asian as well. So in a nutshell, I am not a representative of all Korean American male thought. Or am I? Ooh. I'm a representative of all Korean American uh, females. Are. Kim for definitely sure. is. <laughs> yes. I, uh, everyone voted and they voted on me. Um, so Kathy gets both Japan and white America mm-hmm. and Poland. Ooh, I'm so sorry. And Poland. <laughs> All of them come to me. <laughs> All right. So I guess that'll do it for season three of the Korean drama podcast. Kathy, Kim, Steve, thank you so much for being a part of this season again. You know, I'm not going to promise that we'll get you guys back for season four, but if there's a season four, we'd like to see you again. Hopefully, Ooh. you're being fired, guys. <laughs> it was nice knowing you. 
<laughs> Thanks for putting up with me. <laughs> As a producer, it was good to see you guys being excited every week for a show yeah. <laughs> as opposed to oh towards God. the end of season two. I think we were all kind of just like burning out on the series. I definitely yeah. think it's better to watch a good show and do a recap of <laughs> yes. it than to do a bad show and then just shit on it for an hour. <laughs> but we still miraculously were put, putting out hour-long episodes with Secret Garden, even though we had nothing positive to say about it. So yeah. in that way, I will say we are truly entertainers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Please holla at Steve. At Let Steve. us know at how you Steve. felt. Yeah. Season two versus three or even one, you know? Um, yeah, let's think, pit us uh, against uh, Phil, Will, and Joanna. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and definitely um, let us know what you thought about the season on Twitter. Um, you can follow us at Korean Drama Pod. Thanks to Will for locking up that really cool, uh, really good uh, Twitter handle. Oh, yeah. And I want to thank the the people who did bother to tweet or um, comment on our stuff. Um, even though... I speak for myself. I'm totally unresponsive. I I do see them and I appreciate them and 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 it gives us a, a wind beneath our wings uh, when we mm. see your your interaction. And yeah, I gotta say, there's one Twitter follower. Let me see if I can find him. Um, let me see if I can find them. That is firmly on Steve's side. Um, <gasps> oh, Whoa! In terms Whoa! It's a bot. It's a bot. It's a bot. It's a I'm bot. It's it. a bot. I mean, the, the purpose no. of, the purpose of having three of us is that always one person gets outvoted. Yeah. It's usually Steve. Um, oh, so we really can't have anybody be on Steve's side. I don't have what, Twitter, what? so I, I don't see all these like. Was uh, this about the bowl cut or something? Yeah, or? yeah. Twitter user, how about me? Then is definitely on Steve's side as a bowl cut defender. Wow. How about me? How about you? No, no. I'm sorry. Yes, thank no. you. Bowl cut for the win. No, Let us know you don't your even have a bowl cut, cut <laughs> Steve. You don't even have bowl cut. I know. I'm not, I'm too chicken. It's it's just ah, oh, it's too powerful. Then you would really a be a representative statement. of all Korean men. <laughs> yeah, out yeah. here with a full bowl cut in the middle of the summer and a heat no wave in Los Angeles. No one would dare challenge me. Eight thousand degrees outside, and you have yeah. bowl cut. Uh, no. Uh, no. 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 Right. No. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for this season of the Korean Drama Podcast. I'll do it for this um, season and recap of the Korean Drama Podcast. Um, again, let us know what you think on Twitter. Are you pro or anti bull cut? We would love. And thank to you know. so much for listening. Yay! Kamsamida, <laughs> jinjimuro. Oh, what's the second word mean? Truly, mm. sincerely. Ah, <laughs> uh, jinja. Jinja, jinja, jinja. Komapta. Thank you. BTS. McDonald's. McDonald's. All right. All right. <laughs> I think it's time to Thanks for listening to the Korean Drama Podcast. Our producer is Marvin Yue, and our executive producers are Will Choi, Phil Yu, and Joanna Lee. Follow the Korean Drama Podcast on Twitter at Korean Drama Pod. And if you haven't, give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. The Korean Drama Podcast is part of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of Asian American hosted podcasts featuring unique voices and stories from the Asian diaspora. Learn more about Potluck and our fellow Potluck Podcasts at podcastpotluck.com.
Hi, I'm Marvin. And I'm Rira. We're the host of Books and Boba, a book club and podcast dedicated to books by Asian and Asian American authors. Every month we pick a book by an Asian author to read and discuss on the show. We read a wide variety of genres from contemporary to historical fiction, fantasy to memoirs, and crime thrillers to romance. Some of our past book club picks are Pachinko by Minjin Lee, Sorcerer to the Crown by Zen Cho, and Devotion of Suspect X by Keigo Higashino. We also go over what's new in the Asian American literary world and chat with some talented Asian authors about their work. So whether you want to start reading for fun again or diversify your TBR list, we got your Asian literature cravings covered. For more info, check out our website at booksandboba.com. You can listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever you find your podcasts. Part of the Potluck Podcast Collective.